Hello, I hope you're having a wonderful day today. I am talking about homemaker guilt. When I first quit my job five years ago in 2018, I really struggled with guilt about not working outside of the home. And it's a common thing that you hear homemakers struggling with of guilt of not financially providing for their family or contributing to their family or guilt that they're not contributing contributing to society or guilt of how other people make them feel about being in the home with their children helping their husband so we have to get to the root of what guilt actually is the feeling of guilt comes about because you feel like you're doing something wrong or that you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing and where does that guilt come from? It doesn't come from the Lord because the Lord makes it very clear what our role is and what our purpose is and what we should be doing. It's the world, it's mainstream culture, it's popular culture that is making us feel guilty for not doing what they want women to be doing. Because as I said in my Building the Home Economy video, the government wants you working outside of the home so that way you can be paying tax dollars. That also makes you a consumer rather than a producer. You're consuming goods and services because you don't have time to produce your own goods and services from within the home, which also saves on tax money because you're not needing to buy everything, but instead you're able to make things from scratch at home. And then also women, being in the workplace does drive down wages. So they want you to be in the workplace. And then you also have the people who are just in the workplace and they want you to feel bad about being in the home because you're more than likely living the dream that they actually really want to live. So a lot of times I noticed it's not out of a place of malice when people make you feel bad about being a homemaker. It's just a place of not actually understanding what the role of the homemaker is. And I think that is something really important for us, if you are a homemaker, is to have this deep conviction of what the Word of God says about us as wives, as women, and our purpose for being at home. And we can find that right in God's Word in Titus 2 starting in verse 3 the older women likewise that they be reverent in behavior not slanders not given to much wine teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands to love their children to be discreet chaste homemakers good obedient to their own husbands that the word of god may not be blasphemed this was a command from paul that older women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands love their children to be keepers of the home, that the word of God be not blasphemed. I think that word is so powerful. That's why I read the New King James version of this, because I think the word blasphemed is, if we are not doing this, the word of God is being blasphemed. And if older women are supposed to teach the younger women, then we need to be practicing these things. Because we can't teach someone that which we haven't actually practiced or learned ourselves. And so this has to be something active in our life in order for us to be able to teach the younger women. And then to be able to help the younger women to aspire to being married. That being a wife is a good thing. That being a mother is a good thing. And so having that conviction that this is actually a command from the Lord that we are doing these things. To not take that lightly, it's not just something random, it's not just something that we fell into that suddenly happened. This is an act of obedience to the Word of God, and there is a blessing from following God's ways. There is no glory in being a homemaker, there's no celebration 
for the work that you're doing in secret that nobody else sees, that no one knows. Being a wife and a mom, you really are doing things in secret. That is where Matthew 6, 6, hiding that verse in your heart of God sees me in secret and he will reward me openly. And I was thinking about this verse the other day and I was thinking about what does that mean as a homemaker? God sees me in secret and he will reward me openly. That verse is talking about praying out in the streets so everyone can see you. It's no, don't, don't do things so that way everyone can see you. Do things in secret. And I think that's being a wife helping your husband, being the person behind the scenes that if you weren't there in his life, he would not be able to do the mission that God put on his life to do. You, Scott always says, getting married is like strapping an extra engine to your mission because your wife is now a helper, a helpmeet to that mission. That was why God gave Eve to Adam was to be his helpmeet because it was not good for Adam to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. God created a helper. So what an honor it is that we as wives are a necessary part of God's plan and the work of our world for us to be helpers of our husband. And to take that as a really high honor. With my own story of quitting my job, Scott had wanted me to quit my job in May of 2018 and I had so much fear. I was so afraid of what other people would think of me, that they would look down upon me, that they would think I'm not contributing to society. I even had people ask me if I just sit and watch Netflix all day. And that was really offensive to me because that was the, I didn't even have Netflix. But when Scott had asked me to quit, I, it's sad looking back because now we have so much reverence for the verses on submission that it's for our good that God has given us our husbands as the head and it was out of a place of love and wisdom that Scott wanted me to quit my job because it was stressful. And it wasn't so much the work that I was doing that was stressful, it was just a stressful mostly unhealthy environment. I would bring that home and talk about people and, and obviously bring that home to Scott. And that's just not healthy. It's not healthy to bring all of those complaints home. And your husband, he's doing a hard work. You know, he has a burden on him of making money and providing. And then all of a sudden you're dumping on him more drama. It's just really unnecessary. And so he had said, I think you should quit your job. And it took me two months before I actually quit my job. Uh, one night Scott was at practice and I felt like I heard in my spirit that God wanted me to put in my two weeks tomorrow. So Scott got home and I told him and I was so nervous and he was like, yes, this is the Lord. And so I did. It was really terrifying and I didn't really have a vision for what I was going to be doing because everyone at that point that I knew that became a homemaker, it was because they were pregnant or they had children. So their whole world was just around their children, which obviously makes sense. But for me, I didn't have children. So I'm like, well, what am I going to be doing if I don't have children? And I knew one thing enough that I'm made to be my husband's helper. And now I had to learn what does it mean to be my husband's helper? And for each of us, that's gonna look very different, very unique to whatever your husband's mission is, to whatever his purpose is. And so you can't compare what one homemaker is doing to another homemaker because it is unique to whatever purpose God has put on her husband's life. And so that is something important to sit down and, and talk with your husband. We actually try to do like once a week fun little dates or meetings where we usually go to a coffee shop and we talk about our life. Like 
okay, what do we need to get done this week to reach some of our goals? What are things that I need to do to help Scott with? What are things that he's doing? And again, reframing, setting the vision. What are the things that we're going for? And Scott's really good at that. He sets the vision for us. We have an idea for where we're going. And now I know the things that I need to do to help us to get to that place. And this is where in scripture, it says in Proverbs 12, 4, a virtuous woman is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is as rottenness to his bones. And we can see what a virtuous woman is from Proverbs 31. So that's a great verse to study. And then what does it mean to be a crown to her husband? A crown is a symbol of, hey, you should respect him. Hey, he is worthy of honor. He is a king. A king is worthy of honor and respect. And being a virtuous wife for our husband, we are saying, he is respectable. He is worthy of honor. And so it's important for us to take that role of being our husband's helper with honor and to live that out with diligence. And that then plays in how we steward our home. I recommend you watching my Building the Home Economy video because our home is an economy. What you do from within your home is either tearing it down or building it up. Proverbs 14.1 says the wisest of women builds her house. And then if you have children, what a blessing that they get to see an example of you being a helpmeet to your husband, that they get to see the glory of a wife who is a helper to a husband instead of living a separate mission from him. Because I think that's what sadly we, we see often is that um, married couples are just two people that live under the same roof. They're not doing life together. They're not building life together. They're just, they have two separate missions and they come together, maybe eat a meal together and hopefully sleep in the same bed together. <laughs> but marriage is so much more than that. And then with the guilt thing, make life exciting at home. What are some things that you can do that you wouldn't be able to do if you worked outside of the home? I didn't get into herbs and apothecary until I quit my job because then it made me excited to have a medicine cabinet full of things that I grew from my garden and I used uh, organic vodka to make tinctures and olive oil and jojoba oil to make salves and you know you can make all of these really fun things and what a blessing that we have information at our fingertips. There's so much information out there about things that we can be doing from the home, how, learning how to knit, learning how to make your own cleaning products, learning how to cook foods from scratch that you could never even have imagined cooking food from scratch, learning how to grow your own food from the garden. And you can start any of these things no matter what season of life you're in. You may not have a piece of land, but you have a kitchen and so you can start sprouts in a jar. You can still buy herbs from a good source and make your own tinctures and salves from that way. There's just an abundance of work to be done at the home. This idea that a, a stay-at-home wife or a stay-at-home mom spends her days walking down the aisles of Target trying to fill her time or going to coffee shops just to fill her time because she doesn't have anything else to do is just a lack of vision for how much there is actually to be done, how productive your household can actually be. It doesn't have to be a place of just consuming what other people create. It can be a place of production, and then you can get your kids involved with that as well. So I hope that this makes you excited. Being a homemaker is a good thing. There is no room for guilt, that it is our God-given purpose. Read Titus 2. This is a command from the Lord that we be keepers of the home, and we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, that this can be fun, this can be exciting. Invite him in of, God, I want to have a fun and exciting day. Can you give me some ideas of things that I can do that would benefit 
my household. God is present with us. He wants to be a part of our daily life. And what a blessing it is that we can be home and we can create an atmosphere that hosts his presence. It's a place of of peace and joy. Uh, There's no room for guilt in a house of joy and peace. I hope this was encouraging to you and in your purpose and in your role of the home, that it is truly a blessing to your husband, to your children. And if you're not yet married, that it is a good thing to aspire to and to pray for when uh, searching for a husband, that this would be something that he would be on board with. And even if your husband isn't, 1 Peter 3 is a great uh, declaration that a wife can win her husband over without word, but with uh, her actions. I'm butchering that up, but (laughs) that's basically what the verse summary is, that you can win over your husband through uh, the way that you live your life without words. So you can still be doing your husband good, not harm, and honoring him and submitting to him, even if he isn't yet on board with this lifestyle. You can be praying that God will Uh, open doors for you and will make a way and also choose to live cheerfully no matter the season of life that you're in. So I hope that this was an encouragement to you. And if this stuff really excites you, you can check out uh, Curie's channel. She has a YouTube called Healthfully Rooted Home. She did a whole month this month of blessing your husband challenge. She also has all kinds of homemaking encouragement. So if you like the homemaking stuff, I highly recommend you go check out her channel. So I hope that this blessed you and I bless the rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can support our channel by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, or if you would like to purchase from our shop, our website is homewithkelly, K-E-L-L-I dot C-O. We have organic rooibos that we bring in from Scott's home country of South Africa. It is a delicious, no caffeine tea, loose leaf. It is so good, iced or warm. And I also have some vintage home goods in the shop and I make some hand bound journals, which are also available. We hope that everything that we share is an encouragement and a blessing to you and your family.